As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back for another Sleeping with the Numbers podcast. Uh, we missed you on Monday. We're no longer going to be doing recap episodes. We're going to try try a few new things here, a different format. Pat's going to be here with me for the machine learning model bets, and here we'll discuss uh, not only the models bets but our bets. Up until now, we've kind of just been throwing them on our action network and on our website. We haven't really discussed them on the podcast, so that's what we're going to be doing here going forward. Um, so episodes are going to end up coming out uh, Thursdays and Fridays or when the two main Sleeping with the Numbers uh, podcast episodes are going to come out. So given that this episode comes out on Thursday, we have a Thursday night football game. The Green Bay Packers are going to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Packers are away here and they're going to be traveling without quite a few important players. The key one here being Devonte Adams and then he also infected Alan Lazard, both of them are on the COVID IR list and they will not be traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, which leaves uh, Randall Cobb as the wide receiver one. You know, there's talks about MVS coming back. Uh, He's been out quite a bit. This would be his first game back, so I don't know how much you rely on him. So for our question of the day, Pat, how does this impact how you're betting on this game does it change anything i feel like it changes a lot <laughs> i think it does i mean i think for me i still would have taken the cardinals to win um but i think in reality the main difference is going to be the spread i think now you basically have a depleted packers offense now i know the cardinals aren't gonna have jj watt but i don't really see him as as much of a difference maker as the entire offense so I think the money line bet wouldn't change for me, um, but I definitely think the point spread and the over-under have been affected for sure. Yeah, definitely changes the spread and very likely the over-under here. I don't really know how the Packers are scoring. It's going to be Aaron Jones, and if they cover Aaron Jones well, that that's kind of it. But the line opened at Cardinals as minus three uh, home favorites. Now they're minus six and a half. And then going to the over-under... Uh, it actually hasn't changed that much. It actually went up, which is a little surprising. So it started at 49 total points. Now it's at 50. So given that, Pat, are you, are you betting the under here? I think I would like to. I think that we've seen in the past, at least the past being this, this season, that when we assume it's going to be a high-scoring game, because we're like, oh, the Packers are getting better. Oh, the Cardinals have a high-scoring offense. It, it never hits. Um so let's see what the public does. I'm sure the public's going to take the over, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to go off and the Cardinals are going to have a great game. But I, I think it's probably going to be the under. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And only, I, b- I believe, it's now three Thursday night football games have hit the over this season. So oh, not not very likely on these primetime games early in the week. So and uh, if we just look at like their past score, so in the past three the Packers have scored 24, 24, and 25. So they're staying right around that that 24 to 25 range because that's really all they scored. But that was with, you know, a, a healthy team. That was with Devontae Adams. So I, I can see that being lower there. And then on the Cardinals side, they've been putting up numbers on their own. 31 against Houston, 37 against Cleveland, and then somehow only 17 against San Francisco. Those divisional matchups are always kind of strange but either way uh i don't think the cardinals are gonna need to score that much we know they can 
but they're not Houston. Green Bay is not Houston and will probably give a bit more of a fight in comparison. So, uh, yeah, I, I do lean towards that under. But as I always say during the model picks, who cares what we think? Let's see what the machine has to say. So looking at the model here, the model is going to agree with us. They think the Cardinals are going to win. They also believe the Cardinals are going to cover the spread. So the model actually has the Cardinals winning by 13.28 points. So pretty big spread there. And uh, just a reminder, the model has no idea that Green Bay is going to be without their star player. It has no idea. It is basing this solely off of um, other statistics, not injury related. So it's going to be taking Cardinal to win, Cardinals to cover, and it agrees with us. It is going to be taking the under as well. So seems like we agree on all these bets. So no other additional bets to talk about here, Pat. It seems like we're in, in line with, with the model. Is there any other kind of bet you would take in this one? Are, are you? How do you feel about the money line? Is that too much juice at minus 275 for you to actually bet on it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I usually stay away from anything in the 200s. I think if anything, you know, I would probably not bet the minus six and a half just because it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers regardless of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think for sure I'm going to take the under. not going to do the over. I don't trust it. Um, If the odds are better, I would do the money line. And the spread's a little tough for me because... I don't think it's going to be a blow. It's going to be closer to that 17-10 game that we saw in San Francisco. Yeah, completely fair. The Like I said, Green Bay is not Houston. <laughs> Their defense is going to put up a bit more of a fight. But if you want maybe a good prop bet, um, you know the, the Cardinals have the third most... Or, sorry, the ninth most passing yards per game. It, maybe Kyler over 250. I, I think that running the ball for Arizona hasn't been as hot as we thought it was going to be. Chase Evans has been okay, um, and James Conner has been more of like a goal line situation, but I think it's going to be a, a, a the Kyler Murray show for sure, um, and I think they're going to take the opportunity to try to get some points early. So I would do maybe Kyler over 250 yards just based off of the fact that the Packers, you know, they, they're giving up only 210, but I think in this situation, they're going to be trying to fight from behind, um, and I think that it's going to be a shootout for sure. Another interesting stat here is without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, fantasy-wise, has been better. Probably because he's spreading the ball out more and he has to pass a lot more without Devontae there. Um, so that that's an interesting trend. However, not sure how often he's been without all of his wide receivers. You know, I don't know the last time hit, uh, Randall Cobb was his number one. That might be, you know, five, ten years ago. When we're talking about that. So currently the passing yard line for Aaron Rodgers here is at about two two hundred sixty and a half. I I honestly kind of lean towards the under. I think they're going to tend to give Aaron Jones the ball quite a bit. Yes, he can catch passes and all, but it, it's going to be tough for him to hit that over, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And Arizona right now is 18th in rushing yards against. So I, I don't think it's unreasonable to see Aaron Jones have a good game. Um, and that's sort of why I think maybe, you know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has a good opportunity to like get the under in terms of passing, but I, I think that Arizona is not going to be able to pull it off. I, I just haven't been super impressed with Chase Edmonds. He's, he's having a six yard average in terms of rushing, which is pretty good, but like he doesn't have a rushing touchdown, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. They, they keep giving the ball to 
James Conner on the goal line, which is incredible to us as Steelers fans because he could never punch it in. But here he is. Apparently, he just needed to move to warm weather, and now he's he's healthy. So moving on to the next game here, we have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the New York Jets. Uh, fun question here, Pat. Who's the starting quarterback for the Jets? Oh, gosh. Is it too early for Joe Flacco to start? I have no idea. Um, see, see, I don't think it is because he's played there before. He was there last year, right? That's true. I, I always forget about that. He's he's fallen off the face of the earth. I always forget that he's turned into this journeyman backup all of a sudden. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? But, I, th- I think I think that's that's the correct answer. But uh, there there is an answer though. There was a report that it is going to be Mike White. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, that's because uh, no one does. Uh, looking at his logs, uh, let's see. He played a game October 24th. I'm assuming that was last year against New England. He, you know, he, he, he played a game, completed 20 out of 32 attempts, 202 passing yards, one passing touchdown, uh, two interceptions. So I, I don't know. He, he played a game. I'm not exactly sure why. They're playing him. I, I think they're probably like everyone else. They just don't care anymore. Uh, but, you know, here we are. Zach Wilson's out for who knows how long. And that, that that's a shame. Anyways, Bengals here, 10 and a half point away favorites. Pretty, pretty decent spread here. But we've we've seen the Bengals put up. A lot of points. They beat the hell out of the Ravens last week. And that brings me to a disgusting question that I don't want to know the answer to. Are the Bengals actually the best team in the AFC North? I think in reality, what we're going to probably see is because Pittsburgh has Cleveland this week. I I think that that's going to be the tall tale sign. Like, I, I think that in terms of roster, I think Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati are all fairly comparable. I mean, you know, we've been talking about how Joe Burrow and Lamar and Baker are going to eventually supersede Ben, and that's that's starting to happen. But I think, yeah. in terms of skill players, like outside of Jamar Chase, I, there's no one else on the team is better than who the Steelers have. Like Joe Mixon, to me, is good, but he's not better than Najee in terms of just talent. Right. Um, Jamar Chase is probably the best wide receiver in this bunch, but T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are not comparable to Chase Claypool and Deont- Deontay Johnson. So. I, and I feel the same way, like with Baltimore, I think Lamar is the best quarterback of the three, but like he doesn't have any offensive weapons. So like, I, I think it's going to be what we're seeing in the NFC West, where it's just going to be a mix and match. Everyone's probably going to go close to 500. It's just going to be whoever has the most wins outside of that's going to be the tiebreaker. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to pull up the uh, odds here for the winner of the AFC North. Um, I'm also even interested in uh, um, the odds for Cincinnati to even make playoffs because I remember there, there it is. Okay, Cincinnati to make playoffs. Uh, give me a guess. Um, right now it's probably minus one hundred. A uh, little, little better than that. So minus two twenty-five, and that that's better than the Browns right now at minus one seventy-five. Let's check out Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is at. Oh boy! Plus two eighty. 
And then we have Baltimore here at minus 625. So Baltimore is still the clear favorite here, but Cincinnati sitting pretty at number two. And that win over Baltimore is going to be, I, th- I think, very important. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out for sure. Um, especially with Cleveland right now with the whole Baker dilemma that I think that could put Cleveland down to the number four spot. Yeah, that's that's scary. That's a scary uh, position for them to be in because they, you know, like they looked good as usual with their run game and everything. They still have a fantastic offensive line, I think. Um but they're just banged up uh, there in Cleveland. Baker's down, Hunt's down. Uh, Chubb might come back this week, but I wouldn't put money on it. I think um, they're still going to be hurt going forward. And technically, Baker hasn't been rolled out either, but <laughs> Case Keenum didn't look anything special. He looked like uh, like Case Keenum. Feels like we're getting into that, uh, what was it? Discussion we had last week, uh, Blaine Gabbert versus Mike, Mike Lennon. Lennon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what that feels like. Case Keenum should be included in that too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bengals, that's who we were talking about. They are minus 550 favorites on the money line. Please don't take that bet. Uh, plus 425 for the Jets, 10.5 point spread uh, with the Bengals as the favorite. A pretty low over under here of 42 points. So that gives an implied score. Uh, 15.75 for the Jets and 26 and a quarter for Cincinnati. Uh, that That's a pretty low line, Pat. Do you like the over in this situation? I'm not sure. I'm torn because I could easily see Cincinnati putting up at least 30, but, you know, I always talk about this whenever there's these super low unders and overs. You're really banking on the bad team to at least score a touchdown. That's really all that has to happen. And I don't—I just don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I would probably avoid it because if it is as bad of a game as I would expect it to be with Mike White starting a quarterback. I, don't, I just don't know if Cincinnati is going to try to score. Yep, yeah, Cincinnati almost did that over under on their own last week. They put up 41 points against Baltimore. So can the Jets put up one point? Who knows? They are dead last in points per game. Only putting up 13.3 points a game. Bengals here at seventh with 27 points per game. So, you know, Cincinnati might just go off and maybe they coast. Maybe they sit their starters, which is always a worry for fantasy football um, and and sports betting. But this this is one I, I think I do lean the over here that that's a low enough. I kind of have a range in my mind um, that I set for when I take the the unders and the overs. And right around like 40 to 43 points, I usually go for the over. And then uh, for the over, 52 and up, I'm always like, okay, that's a tough number to hit. Uh, I usually take the under. So that, that they, I don't base those lines off of anything. <laughs> There's no statistics behind that, but just something I, I kind of lean to personally. So going to the model, the model has... The Bengals winning, as it should. It has them covering quite a bit. So the model is predicting 31.7 points for Cincinnati and 10.51 for the Jets. So, you know, a touchdown and a field goal for them. Feel good. And then it is barely taking the over. It is predicting 42.2 points, which is currently over that 42 point 
line. So again, as always, if that line changes, the model's bet will change with it. Uh, how do you feel about all of those bets here, Pat? I I know that point spread's big. I think we both agree on the Bengals winning. Um, it's taking the over just barely here. That's something I'm comfortable with. But I guess the question really lies with the ten and a half points. I think I would be comfortable doing ten and a half, just <laughs> just with how bad the Jets have been. But I think we've also seen that you know. For whatever reason, these games like the Texans and the Jets and the Dolphins, it's either super close or it's a complete blowout. There's not, ne- there's never really been a normal expectation of a game where it's been like a two touchdown game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we just kind of talked about Detroit lost by 23 to Cincinnati, which uh, to me is a lot. You know, it's three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville kept them close. They only lost by three. So it's been very weird. Same thing with the Jets. They got shut out by Denver. Lost to Neyland twenty five to six, but then they were within seven of Atlanta, and they were they beat the Titans. So like I just, yeah, <laughs> it, it's too hit or miss. Uh, but I think if I'm going to bet on anything, I, I think I'd feel comfortable with Cincinnati ten and a half. I think that's reasonable. Next matchup here, another what should be blowout game. I'm actually a little surprised the the point spread here seems a bit low because I think last week. I believe Arizona was like minus 17 against Houston. The Rams are taking on Houston in Houston, and they are only 14 and a half point favorites. Still a a large spread, um, but not nearly as big as the Cardinals. Uh, Minus 1,000 on the money line here for the Rams, plus 650 for Houston. Uh, Over under of 47 and a half points. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much we really got to talk about this game. Rams should win this one pretty, pretty easily. Cooper Cup is, dare I say, the best wide receiver in football right now. So do you, do you think he actually is the best wide receiver in terms of like talent and all that? Or do you think he's just in the best position to perform? I think he's in the best position. I think he's good. I I think compared to Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs or I don't know, really a lot of there's probably 10 other guys that I would take over Cooper Cup in fantasy. Um, but I think he's in the best situation. He's on an offense that, you know, right now they're still playing with a backup running back who's doing really well. Um, but I think Tyler Higby hasn't been really commanding the target share that people expected. I think Robert Woods up until like a few weeks ago wasn't doing anything either. And then after them, there's not really a good third wide receiver. So I think he's in a great situation because you have a good quarterback and you're in a high scoring offense, but outside of one other guy, you're really it. Yeah. And I know this isn't the fantasy episode here, but where does he go? Given everything stays the same going into next season, where do you draft him? Is he a late first round, early second round guy now? I'm going to say no. I think that people like their name brand stuff, right? And I just don't think Cooper Cup's a household name yet. I think he's still going to probably go behind Devontae Adams, and he's probably going to go behind Hopkins. And there's, he's probably going to be in the top five. I wouldn't take him number one. And the main reason is because I've had Cooper Cup on several teams, and he always gets hurt. And he misses three or four games, and then he comes back and he doesn't do anything. So we've seen in past years with Cooper Cup, he has these flashes of greatness, but it doesn't pan out. So let's... If he finishes the season, he'll be top five. If he gets hurt, he'll just go back to being a mid-round wide receiver like he's been. All right, so so I want to test you here. I want to I see where that line is for you. So next year, 
let's pretend everything this season that's currently happening stays the same for next year. We know that obviously won't be the case, but let, let's say it is. Would you take Cooper Cup or Terry McLaurin? Probably Cooper. Cooper or Mike Williams, who is also having a fantastic season. I think Cooper Cup, I think he has the more consistent, you know, breakouts. Mike Williams has been pretty unspecial until this year. And then the rookie of the year, Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup next year. Oh boy. I, I don't want to say Jamar Chase, but I'm gonna say Jamar <laughs> Chase. <laughs> okay, okay. And then uh you said you'd take Devontae, you would take Diggs. Uh Tyreek? No, I think Tyreek Shana, he's too inconsistent. Okay. And then I think the last guy here, you said you would take Hopkins over Cup. So, yeah, so that puts him like top top four, uh, which I, I think is OK here. Um, currently, fantasy pros for the rest of the season and half point PPR. They have Cooper Cup as the number two wide receiver going forward, only behind Devontae. I think Justin Jefferson and, um, you know, A.J. Brown are two guys that I'm really looking at because I think A.J. Brown's had a bad year because the Titans, for whatever reason, just had a really rough start. Um, and then I'm looking at CBS Fantasy. You know who's climbing into the top 10 that's really crazy? Cordero Patterson. Yeah, so what, what do they have him listed as? A wide receiver or a running back? This has him as a wide receiver, but I guarantee you if I went to the running back rankings, I'd find Cordero Patterson. I'm <laughs> It's funny how, how he can just pop around like that because there was a time I cannot remember the player's name. Oh, no, you know who it was? It was Taysom Hill on Yahoo either last year or two years ago was also listed as a tight end. So you could play a quarterback in your tight end position. Yeah, Dave Richardson or Dave Richard from CBS has hit Cordell Patterson as the number 13 running back. MSC, he has him... As the 14 wide receiver, that doesn't make, okay. okay, whatever. I guess Cordero <laughs> Patterson, he, he might be in the quarterback rankings too, or the kicker rankings. I have no idea at this point. Um, probably throwing a pass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The going to the model here. Model easily taking the Rams to win, the Rams to cover, and it's going to actually take the under 47 and a half points, predicting a total of 46.71. I, uh, I agree with all of that, Pat. I, I think the Rams, uh, their defense isn't going to let Houston do anything. And Rams will be all the, doing all the scoring. So I don't think that 47 and a half gets hit. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Awesome. Next matchup here, uh, divisional matchup, the AFC South. Tennessee Titans coming off a big win against Kansas City. <laughs> We'll get to them, but man, that's just, they're just so hard to predict now, too. Um, but Tennessee Titans taking on Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, I remembered what that stadium was called. <laughs> Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Colts are a point favorite. Do, oh, right off the bat, do you agree with that? No. I yeah, so I, that's going to be definitely one of our uh, joint bets here. Uh, Titans plus one, get in on that before it swaps, because I think heading towards Sunday, I can see this line moving pretty easily. So if you're able to get plus odds on the Titans, uh, they're currently even money. Take it. So Colts minus one home favorites. 
Minus 120 on the money line, even money for the Titans, 51 point over under. So that gives an implied point total of 26 to 25 uh, for the Colts. That I think that's very reasonable. Other, uh, the only thing, like we just discussed, I think it's going to be flipped. I think the Titans win this game. I think they figured some things out. Uh, you talked about A.J. Brown having a disappointing season uh, for really the majority of the year. I have him on one of my teams, or actually a couple of my teams, and I know all too well he's been either disappointing on the field or he's been injured. Um, so was Julio Jones. Julio did not play last week, I don't believe. Um, but if if the Titans are fully healthy, they just showed they could smack the hell out of the Chiefs. They could easily do that to the Colts as well, even though I think Colts defense is much better than the Chiefs. It's just. How do you stop Derrick Henry like that? It, it's just not really. Feasible. Um, and anything else you got to add to this game? I, th- I think we we got our picks. Yeah, if there's some parlay or sorry, parlay prop bet that has both rushers going over 100 yards, take it because I could easily see both this being a running dominant game. Like you said, how do you stop Derrick Henry? How do you stop Jonathan Taylor? Like, he's been outstanding the past few games. Yeah, agreed. Jonathan Taylor's look good. He's a fantastic running back. I, I believe I, I've said he was my favorite coming out of the draft uh, last year. He's just impressive. Colts offensive line is also very good. Um, so if it's going to be a run dominant game, does that push you towards the under 51 points if the clock's always going to be running? Not necessarily. Um, I, I think when I say it's going to be a run dominant game, I, I think that the game will still have a lot of passing attempts um, because look <laughs> at the defense right now the titans have the ninth best rush yards against colts have 14th so i don't necessarily think that the colts are gonna make this like a slow moving game in terms of defense i think derrick henry is gonna get a lot of work against them i mean but the titans overall defense is giving up 376 yards so i think it's gonna be a situation where team are going to allow for, you know, Jonathan Taylor kind of run and they're going to really gonna try to stop the run. And then that's when the passing is going to come in and going to explode. Um, I'm not super impressed with either of these teams defensive back. So I don't think when I say it's going to be a run dominant game, that it's going to be the entire game. What I'm saying is like, I think if you're looking for like, who's going to be the two impact players, it's going to be Derrick Henry, yep. Jonathan Taylor. But that doesn't mean that AJ Brown or Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell are going to get touchdowns either. Okay. Or sorry, Perry um, Campbell's on the IR, but whoever wide receiver number two is for Indianapolis. You want to make the head a head to head bet here with uh, quarterbacks, passing yards. Sure. Okay, so Ryan Tannehill currently at two hundred forty eight point one passing yards a game. Carson Wentz at two forty two point one, so pretty close. Only a six yard difference on average. I'll let you have your guy Carson Wentz here. Uh, so head to head, who whoever gets more passing yards. Fair enough. Did you know that Carson Wentz has only thrown one pick? I know. I, yeah, I, he didn't throw the one this week, too. But I, I said that uh, during last week's uh, model episode, I was reading that. and I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, I, I could not believe it. A good stats quarterback, but we watch him and like it's cringy. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it's painful to watch, but he, 
He protects the ball. Um, I think he, he gets sacked a lot, though, doesn't he? I don't know where I can see that. He's had two fumbles, though, one fumble lost. Uh, going to the model here. The model has been a fanboy of the Colts pretty much all season, and that's not changing here. It is going to take the Colts to win. However, it will take the Titans to cover currently at this plus one line. Uh, we do expect this line to move. So again, if that changes, so will the model's bets. Um, it is also going to be taking the under 51 points, just barely. It's predicting a total score of 49.98 points. And Pat, something I noticed here when I was, um, when I was reading off the model bets last week, it does a really good job at pretty much predicting what the Vegas line is going to be. Um, so l- let me just kind of read off the games that we talked about already. So currently the Vegas line is 51 for this game. The model predicts 49.98. Then we had the Green Bay Arizona game, which is at 50 and a half. It's predicting 47.85 uh, Rams game, 47 and a half. It predicts 46.71. So it really just feels like, we built the same model that Vegas is using to set these over under lines, which is probably why it's doing so poorly at actually picking the over or the under because it's predicting that exact line. So I, we didn't build it to do that, but just something I've noticed over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I, I, I wonder like in this situation, if we build the same model, like, what the difference is in Vegas's model that allows for them to manipulate the money so that that way they win, they win. Like, yeah, I think that's what we need to figure out. And then of course, after that, then we'll be the sports book. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ed and I were t- actually talking about how sports books are, are actuarial. So it's that actuarial science behind them where they don't, they're not trying to actually predict what it is. They're trying to make money. Right. And so as bets come in, they adjust the lines just enough to get people. They try to get it 50 50 because that's how they gain the most money. And if one side wins, the other side loses. So it's either they break even or they're always making money. And that's something to always remember. Vegas always wins, even if you do. So just a, a reminder for those people betting here. Moving on to our next matchup here. This is a horrible game. <laughs> we, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but Philadelphia going to Detroit. Uh, <laughs> Philly is currently three and a half point away favorites, minus 185 on the money line, plus 150 for the Detroit Lions, over under of 47 and a half points. Pat, I'm going to bet on the Lions here. Yeah, I think they deserve it, don't you think? Yeah, you know, give them a little pat on the butt. I if they're gonna do it against any team, I think why not the Eagles? That's probably their easiest matchup. Uh let me just look at their schedule here real quick. Uh so coming up, they take on Philadelphia, then they go on bye. They play Pittsburgh. That's eh, who they could maybe beat Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. Um they play Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle, Green Bay. Not Philadelphia is probably their easiest matchup uh, going forward. So I'm willing to take that shot there. I think the return at plus 150 is is pretty good. 
Yeah, so, I think in this situation, I'm going to take the... Sorry, I was, I was there going to keep talking. I think in this situation, I'm going to take the under for sure. I, I think if the Lions do win, it's going to be because the Eagles are not doing anything offensively. Um, DeAndre Swift is their number one receiver, which is crazy <laughs> to think about. I tried trading for him today. It didn't work. Uh, yeah, they are two low-scoring teams. Eagles are scoring 22.7 a game. Uh, Lions, 18.3. That puts them at, what, 31? I'm sorry, 41 points a game combined, and the line is at 47.5. So I, that's probably horrible statistics to base it off of, but that's... That's not actually not terrible. So I, I think I link towards the under here as well. In their last three, Philadelphia has put up 22, 22, 21. And then the Lions have put up 19, 11, 17. So, yeah, I think the under is an easy move here. And uh, the model is going to disagree just barely. So the model is actually going to be taking the over here. It's predicting 48.32 total points. It's going to take the Eagles to win and cover here. So the model, not a big fan of Detroit in this matchup, but I'm willing to throw some money on on Detroit just just because of the return. And I don't really want to bet on Philadelphia. Uh, Miles Sanders is out, it sounds like. Uh, Do you care at all, Pat? No, Jalen Hurts is the number one rusher for the Eagles. They'll be fine. Yep, exactly. So that it it literally changes nothing. I know a lot of people are going after Kenneth Gainwell, and I don't think that's terrible. I wouldn't have paid up any Fab money for him, uh, but because they don't run the ball ever. But Gainwell has kind of been their passing down back. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Another underdog I'll be taking here. Uh, it's going to be the Homer pick. I'm going to take the Steelers here, beating the Cleveland Browns. Browns are currently three and a half point home favorites, minus 175 on the money line, plus 140 for the Steelers. Very low over under 42 points. I, I honestly think that might be an easy over for me. Do you agree? I think so. I think that um, it depends really if Baker's going to play. It says on his pin that he could absolutely possibly play which means nothing um <laughs> but i would be really concerned if nick chubb ends up playing you know another guy who like if you're looking for any type of parlay or prop or anything like nick chubb to get 100 yards and score for sure take it because we've seen the steelers rush defense get blown up by alex collins so what are they gonna yeah. do against an elite running back um i don't know i i think my concern is the steelers offense sucks Mm-hmm. And that's really it. I, I think they're going to win. I, especially if Baker doesn't play, but I just, I'm not sure about the over. Like, I want it to be the Steelers' offense from two years ago that we remember, but I just don't see it. We want to do some football math here. Uh, the Steelers beat Denver 27 and 19 two weeks ago, while the Browns barely beat Denver 17 to 14. So, you know, we beat them by more. We're a better team. That That's what that means. Uh, yeah, the, these divisional matchups are always close. Uh, fun stat here. Steelers are 14-4-1 against the Cleveland Browns over our last 19 games. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because they haven't been good until the past couple of years. So 
That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I like the Steelers here. You know, we can I guess compare it sadly to the to the Lions matchup we just talked about, where I I just like the positive odds here. Um, these games are always pretty close, which is why I, if you don't want to take the money line for the Steelers, I would at least take the point spread. I agree with that. Um, I, I think the, the plus points is good. And I, I think I would take the money line at plus 140. I, I think I feel confident if Baker doesn't play that all I have to do is stop Nick Chubb. That's really it. I mean, he and I play. We're not, I don't think it's been determined yet. Um, yeah. Outside of that, they have nobody else. Like, Dearness Johnson's not going to... I feel like that was a one-time deal, especially because they were playing Denver. Um, and we beat Denver by more, so like you said, we're a better team. That's right, that's right. The model, however, is stupid. Uh, they're taking Cleveland to win, Cleveland to cover, and they are going to be taking the over. Again, Pat, it's super close here. So 42 is currently the over-under line. It's predicting 44.17. So. All of these are just super close to that line. And I don't, there's zero features uh, in our model that come from Vegas odds or anything. So I, I don't know how it's doing it. Um, that's, that's kind of a good thing in terms of like uh, picking the winners. Uh, but for the over unders, and it's it shown in the, in the past that it's not, the model's not very good at picking the over under. Um, and actually, let me just read off last week's results. Uh, it was our best week. So best week for the model, the model went 11 and two on the money line. 10 and three on the spread. But it, like I said, very poor on the over under four and nine. And then if we compare it to the odd sharks model, odd sharks model on the money line went nine and four, haha, uh, eight and five on the spread, haha. And then five and eight on the over-under. So their model doesn't do very well on that either. And neither really does the public. The public went six and seven on the over-under. So I don't know if it is just the model or if Vegas is just really, really good at setting these lines at the right spot or if games are just more unpredictable this season. Um what do you think, Pat? I have no idea. I, I think that we've seen, at least in terms of like the status of good quality teams in the NFL, we knew Arizona was going to be good, but I don't think we expected them to be undefeated. We knew Kansas yeah. City should have been good, but we didn't expect them to be this bad. Like I, I feel like it's been a, a goofy season. Like I don't feel like that there's a team that's truly performing to the, the way that we thought outside of Detroit, and we knew that they were going to suck. <laughs> Uh, so uh, going back to Detroit here, uh, there's a prop bet here on Bovada. I believe when I we talked about this on our very first episode, uh, Detroit to go O and 17. I believe the odds back then were like 1700 or something like that. 17,000, maybe it, it was big. It was it was very large. So uh, currently those odds are at plus eight. 50 and we just discussed their upcoming schedule if they don't beat philadelphia here i'm pretty confident in taking that oh and 17 season yeah i would be as well i mean at some point you're just gonna have to start either 
sitting people like maybe someone like DeAndre Swift because you want him to be healthy for next year and he keeps showing up on the injury report or it's just going to be, you know, everyone's going to quit. Not that the players are going to quit, but I, I feel like it's just going to be like doom and gloom. And I, I think you can say all you want about how they're professionals and that they're not going to do that. They're going to try mm-hmm. their hardest. But if you're on a, a sports team and you suck, you know you suck. Yeah, it's like when, uh, <laughs> who was it? I I can't remember his name, but that uh, defensive player retired at halftime because they were getting beat up so bad. Um, they They know it. And then an, another fun bet here, Arizona to go undefeated in the regular season, plus 6,000. That one I, I don't feel as confident in. No, I don't either. I think we've seen Arizona come close to losing, and it, they've gotten lucky on a few times. I think the 7 and is inflated, but I think that they're still a good team. For sure, and two bad teams uh, in the same division, uh, San Francisco 49ers. They are four-point away favorites against Chicago. Chicago plus 160 on the money line. San Francisco minus 190. A very low, I believe this is the lowest on the week, of 39.5 total points. We saw San Francisco lose to uh, the Colts here, 18-30 to 30 on, that was what, that was Sunday night, yeah. Uh, Sunday night. It was, uh, I don't know, it was close for a little bit here, but Arizona, uh, sorry, Arizona, uh, San Francisco, they're low on weapons as well. It really seems like it's Debo and no one. You know, I think Eli Mitchell got a touchdown or something that game, but their roulette wheel of uh, running backs, it's just difficult to predict. So, I don't know. I I think both of these teams are bad. Do you think the for, the Niners cover here? I think so. I think Chicago's horrible. I, I don't like Justin yeah. Fields. You can say what you want, but when you're averaging 116 yards per game, I don't see it. I mean, he, he has potential, but like I just I don't think right now is the time when your number one receiver is Darnell Moon with 345 yards. Mm. Yeah, and. I don't bigger question. If David Montgomery is back this season, does that help at all? I mean, he's been very good, but does it matter? I mean, I think when they play the the lesser teams, it'll help. Um, I'm going to pull up their schedule real quick. I mean, if well, they have Detroit, so there's a win. Um, <laughs> Seattle, there's a win. New York Giants, there's a win. So I, I think David Montgomery would help, but I. Baltimore, Arizona, Green Bay are also on the schedule. I just don't see them, you know, getting over 500 anytime soon. Where can I take a bet that Justin Fields does not get a second contract? Oh, that'd be a great bet. Because I, I honestly don't. You know, we <laughs> said it coming into the season. I said it when he was drafted. These Ohio, I don't know what it is. We can blame Urban, I guess. I That's fun. I like doing that. Um, but Ohio State quarterbacks, they don't make it. They always are high draft capital, and then they do nothing. And I don't know if it's because they just end up in a poor landing spot and it kind of ruins their career or, or what. But something about, about that Ohio State system does not work well in terms of getting these quarterbacks ready for the NFL. And then going to the model here, the model has the Niners to win 
Niners to cover just barely. And then again, super close on this line here. It is going to take the over predicting 49.67 points, which is just barely over that 39 and a half point line. Next matchup here. It is a divisional matchup between the first and last teams. The one and six Miami Dolphins go to Buffalo to take on the four and two Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills are 13 and a half point home favorites, minus 800 on the money line. Plus 550 for the Dolphins and then an over under of 49 and a half points. Looking at the uh, the public betting numbers here, Pat, it is all it is all on the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, there, there's always talks about uh, fading the public as a strategy and all that. But I. I don't know how you bet against the Bills in this matchup. Yeah, I think what it's really going to come down to is, you know, we saw Tua look pretty good last week. Um, granted, they play Atlanta. But, I mean, is Buffalo's offense going to come back to life? I mean, not that they didn't play well last week. They got 31 points. But I just feel like their run game hasn't been fantastic. They're number one in passing yards against, which is good defensively. They're number six in rushing yards against. So defensively, they're not the problem. Um, but I'm just not sure, you know, rushing yards, they, they're seventh, which is just really surprising because, like, when I look at Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, I, I'm not really yeah. seeing what the stats are showing me. And I guess if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like either of them are productive. I feel like, you know, Josh Allen's, like, the third running back. And, like, the same situation in Philadelphia, where in reality, Josh Allen is the preferred runner. Um, I, I think what my concern with the the public is, you know, is Buffalo's offense going to be intact? Is it going to be in sync? Because we've seen earlier in the season that they went all wonky and got all messed up. But last time they played Miami, they they shut them out 35 nothing. So I think the promising thing is that Buffalo does show up against the bad teams. Is that... It's super interesting because you look at the leading rushers on Buffalo, and like you said, they're number two in rush yards per game. Or, I'm sorry, seventh in rush yards per game. And I, I agree with you. I would never have guessed that, but it's almost kind of split out pretty evenly. Devin Singletary with 311 yards, Josh Allen with 214, and then Moss with 208. Um that that does surprise me. So I didn't think they really had it, but it kind of seems like maybe a situation like uh, Baltimore where they just rotate enough that right. you never see one guy take off and you're like, oh, their rush game sucks, but they're just spreading the ball around, which makes it less obvious. Um, but you said it. I mean, their defense is good. I'm. But there's no way Miami wins here. I mean, if they couldn't beat Jacksonville and Atlanta in their past two matchups, you know, they're they're not going to take on the Bills who. Uh, I mean, are they the best team in football right now? Their record doesn't say that. But if you put them up against the Cardinals, who I would assume would be the, the other team in question there. I think that's a very close matchup. That would be a fun Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that the main difference is that Buffalo is a little bit more balanced in terms of offense, mm. defense, where Arizona is all offense. Yeah, they, they, beginning of the season, their offense looked 
fantastic uh, the cardinals and you know it looked like there was going to be some defensive players of the year on that team um kind of came back to earth there uh but model here buffalo to win easily buffalo to cover it has them beating miami by 28 points <laughs> so uh yeah sure I, I think that's possible and then it again is going to take the over here predicting 51.02 points which is over that 49 and a half point line we're not going to actually bet on the money line. We, I think we both think the Bills win. The over, so over, under, and spread, uh, you know, where, what side of that fence do you fall on? I like Bills minus 13 and a half. I think that, you know, it's like, it probably won't be a 35 nothing shutout, but it'll be close. I, I think I'm going to take the under. I just, I don't see Miami scoring. Yeah, and, you know, you and I talk about it quite a bit it takes two to tango here and if the applied point total is 31 and a half for buffalo and 18 for miami does miami hit 18 points you know they're getting what are they getting per game well 18.1 per game you know third i'm sorry fourth in the nfl uh <laughs> that's not true 29th in the nfl fourth worst <laughs> is is what i meant to say but Man, I, I just think they have a very tough matchup with the Bills. And Bills should be fresh. They're coming off the bye week. Another divisional matchup, we have the NFC South uh, Carolina Panthers going to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this, I'm, I'm not, I'm done betting on Carolina. They've burned me too much these past couple of weeks. But here they are yet again as an underdog with a plus three Point spread, Falcons, three-point home favorites, minus 165 on the money line, plus 145 for the Panthers, 46-point over-under. So what happened to the Panthers, Pat? They they looked so good to start the season, and we've said it multiple times, that Dallas game completely changed this team, and now they, they look awful. <laughs> they look like a really terrible team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked about how oh, eventually you know, Christian McCaffrey would come back and save the day, but yeah. I don't know if that's possible. I, I, I think something's happened where Sam Darnold wasn't being as efficient because those first few games we saw him not necessarily throwing you know, a lot of yards, but he was being productive and he had rushing touchdowns. And I feel like the past few games, he's been the problem. And I'm not sure. I haven't done enough research as to why that's the case, but I feel like the offense is, at, is out of sin. It says everything's going wrong. I think it, even if Caffrey was back, I don't think that the scores would be that much different. Yeah, the only thing that would be, I guess, good there is fantasy. You know, McCaffrey would get all of the fantasy points for uh, the Panthers. But in you know, let's look at Darnold's past three games. He hasn't had a quarterback rating over 60 in his past three games, the past three, it's been 57.3, 55.6, 44.5. He's thrown at least one interception in his past four games. He had zero rush attempts last week against the Giants. And that was a game I, I, I thought they were, they were going to get that. They were actually favored in that game by, by minus three. But, you know, I, I'm actually looking more into the stats here and, it might be their offensive line. If we look at the sacks on Darnold at the beginning of the season, uh, 
week one, one sack, week two, two sacks, week three, three sacks. And then in the past four games, he's been sacked three, four, three, five times, losing a ton of yards. So it seems like their offensive line has just disappeared. And I don't know if there's been injuries or or what. I I know we don't really pay attention too much to line injuries, but those can obviously matter. And I'm, I'm curious if that is the case here. Um, looking at, yeah, no. So at their injuries here, they have a guard on IR. Um, is that it? No. Okay. A guard, two guards, a center and a tackle all injured, but the tackle was gone since preseason. So I I think they've just been getting banged up and they, they just lost another guard to IR last week. Um, so yeah, I, I guess. Do, do you take Atlanta here? I think so. I think that they looked good last week. Um, yeah. I think that Kyle Pitts is finally starting to break out. And, you know, my favorite running back slash wide receiver is still on the team. <laughs> so I, I think that I'm going to take Atlanta now. I don't know about this over-under. I, I, yeah. I'm going to say it's probably going to be the under. I think Carolina is probably not going to score anything. Um I would take the money line in the Falcons to cover, I think. Yeah, I, I'm with you on both of those. Uh, Falcons have come back strong. You know, they had their bye week. They looked good against Miami. They just barely win with that. But Calvin Ridley's back. Like you said, Pitts is getting into the groove. Even Russell Gage had a good game. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I, I actually like them a lot, uh, especially DFS. They're probably lower-owned for, for tournaments because... Um, Atlanta seen as a bad team. Um, going to the model model still likes Carolina has them winning. That means they'll also have them to cover and it's going to take the over again. <laughs> I keep saying it, but it's taking the over 46. It's predicting 46.87 points. So again, just barely taking that over. I might be confident enough to say don't tail any of the over under bets for the model. It doesn't it doesn't do a great job. Another matchup here. We have the New England Patriots traveling across the country to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Chargers are five and a half point home favorites, minus two twenty five on the money line, plus one ninety for the Patriots. Over under of forty eight and a half points here and looking at the public here at least for the point spread a lot of people are taking new england plus five and a half i uh, do you agree with that i know we talked about the Chargers being you know one of our favorite teams this season i i, I just don't see mac jones putting up the points yeah i think i'm kind of confused right now because i think you have two teams that are disguising themselves as what the public sees them as. And what I'm saying is the people think that New England is New England's back. Mac Jones is the saver. They beat the <laughs> Jets and the Texans. They <laughs> lost to Dallas. They lost to Tampa, lost to New Orleans. All three potential NFC playoff teams. Yeah. So that's crap. The Chargers lost to Baltimore, who's pretty good. Beat Cleveland, who's good. Beat the, the Raiders, who are good. Beat Kansas City. Eh. And then came close to Dallas, again, NFC playoff team. So if I'm looking at the recent schedules, I think the Chargers have the more impressive resume. 
I think New England's probably not going to repeat this 54 points. Yeah. Now, what is interesting is they've gone up and scored points every game in the past five weeks, but I, I think it's going to go back down. I, I don't see 54. Um, I could see the over being hit. I think that that's possible, but I, I think Los Angeles is the better team. Yeah, I just... I feel like I have a hard time seeing this game being an actual shootout. I think the Chargers' offensive firepower is just so much better than than the Patriots right now. You know, Jacoby Myers, okay, no touchdowns. He's been targeted heavily, but not a ton to show for it other than some yards. Uh, Damian Harris, I New England running backs are, are so difficult to predict because Bill just rotates if if one of them pisses him off or if someone fumbles you know they're in the doghouse he's old school like that kind of like Bruzarians is and and that's that makes it difficult now Harris has had a good uh past couple games but I don't know it um I don't think it's going to be as close as the five and a half point line says this is one where I I I think I'm going to get to the public here uh, I I like the Chargers. I think they win here, and they're they're coming off a bye, right? Yeah, so they should be healthy, rested. Uh, I know Mike Williams was a bit banged up, and he's been Herbert's go-to guy. So I I think they get back on track here, and and continue to be an impressive team. And this matchup actually might have playoff implications, Pat. You know, for for that wild card position, if given. Given the Chargers don't win the division and they're competing for a wild card, they might be competing against New England. That's crazy thing about that New England's going to make the playoffs because I think earlier in the season, I think everybody was under the same impression that that was not going to happen. Yeah, I I wouldn't bet on them making the playoffs. I actually think I bet the opposite um, at the beginning of the season. Let's see. If we can get some odds here on New England making playoffs, uh, plus 300, so not good. Uh, Chargers at minus 500, so looking great for them. Uh, the model has the Patriots actually winning this game, so a little surprise there. So it's going to take the Patriots to win cover, and it's going to take the under here. Uh, guess how close this one is, Pat? So the line is 49 points, or no, it's not. Oh, shit. Okay, so the line changed since I, I made the model predictions. It's now at 40 and a half, which means it's now going to take the over um, because it was predicting 48.99 points. So so model will now be taking the over. Let me fix that. Fade the model. Yeah, fade the model. All right, next matchup here. Uh, another really, really terrible one. Jacksonville taking on Seattle. Seattle, three and a half point home favorites. Haven't looked good since Russ went down. Minus 175 money line for Seattle, plus 150 for the Jags. Over under a 43 and a half points. Pat, I think Jacksonville gets their second win here. I think it's possible for sure. Um, I, I think what we saw out of Gino last week was like he's okay, but no like type of clutch, like characteristic yeah and like i think what's concerning for me is like when you're playing a team like jacksonville it doesn't really have anything to lose like you you have to be able to score and stay out front like 
Dino's not the guy that I'm throwing in there when it's like, okay, we're down by 14 and it's the fourth quarter and you need to make something happen. Like at that point, the game's over. Uh, I'm going to say, are, uh, are you looking at the stats right now? Because I wanted to ask a quick question to see if you could guess it. Okay. Okay. So who has more? It, it, I feel like because of the way it's phrased, you're going to get it. But who has more passing yards per game? Which team? I think Jacksonville. Yep. Just barely. So they're right behind each other. Jacksonville at 24th, Seattle at 25th. And again, of course, that's taking into account uh, with Russ. Uh, since Russ has been gone, Gino has only been passing for 169 yards per game. So not great. Um, ugh, and it, it's a nail biter here. Fantasy wise, I have Tyler Lockett on one of my teams and it's it's been rough with him. DK really lucked out last week against New Orleans in that horrible game. He got, I think he caught two passes and was still, yep, two receptions, 96 yards and a touchdown. So he was fantasy relevant just because of that. Otherwise, they look terrible. I wouldn't touch. And that's hard to do with with, uh, someone as talented as DK Metcalf, but I'm staying away from all receiving options for seattle so the model here will be taking seattle to win here pretty pretty decently so again model has no idea that russell wilson is out has no idea that there's no geno smith variable in here that we can switch on where the model's like oh shit no don't pick seattle uh but model's gonna take seattle to win seattle to cover and the over all right, four more matchups to go here. We have the second place. I don't know how they're in second place. Two and five Washington football team taking on Denver, who is three and four, only one more win. And they're in dead last in the AFC West. But Broncos are three point home favorites, minus 160 on the money line, plus 135 for Washington, over under of 44 and a half points. A lot of people. Betting on the over here, eighty-six percent of the bets are on that over. Uh, I I think I tend to kind of agree. Let's see here. In their past three games, Washington has put up twenty-four, thirteen, twenty-two. Last three for Denver, fourteen, twenty-four, nineteen. So, all right, maybe not. That I'd. It, neither of the, these teams are good, Pat. Uh, who do you like, if anyone? I would like to see Washington, you know, sorry, my voice is cutting. Hold on. <laughs> I'd like to see Washington get a win just for the sake that I think Taylor Heineke is the feel good story that everybody wants. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater's old news. He was the feel good story about four years ago. Um, that's the, my only logic. They both suck. Teddy still wear those gloves? I think so. And I think it's <laughs> never going to go out of style. Yeah, it, I mean, it hasn't gone out of style for Mickey Mouse, and he's what? He's over 100. Yeah. All right, good for him. Uh, what? Okay. <laughs> uh, so the model is going to be taking, I bet it takes Denver. Let me find it. Yep. Yeah, so model is taking Denver to win, Denver to cover, and it will be taking the under. Let me make sure that line didn't change. Nope. Okay, so. It's going to be taking the under 44 and a half points. I 
I don't think I bet on this one, honestly, Pat. I, I think it's a, a, a coin toss. I think both teams are very bad. And when two bad teams are playing against each other, you you don't look. You don't want any part of that game. Yeah, I agree with that. It could go multiple ways. There's not really guaranteed um, shootout <laughs> potential or stink fest. It could be either or. We got a heated rivalry in this next one. Two NFC South teams, Tampa Bay going to the Superdome to take on New Orleans. New Orleans, they won, but they look awful. Uh, Tampa Bay, somehow only five and a half point favorites, minus 225 on the money line. You know, we, we talked about it, Pat. Anything less than 200, I really don't like betting, but Tampa Bay. I think you're rarely going to get them that close. So that might be a money line I'm willing to break my own rule on just because I am that confident in them beating the Saints here. Jameis looks awful. Um, the they have they don't have wide receivers on that team. Alvin Kamara was that entire team. They scored 13 points against Seattle on Monday. And I think Alvin Kamara ended up with over 40 fantasy points. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But for Camaro owners, good for you. Pat, do you see any way the Saints win this game? Uh, yeah, they just traded for Mark Ingram, so um, he's going to get 40 points as well. Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they do it? At this point, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it, Alvin Kamara seemed really happy. I think they just want to make him happy because they're like, you know, we realize that you're the team. Have your friend back. They played together, right? Yeah, they 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 both okay. had Pro Bowl that one year. Whenever Mark yeah. was like the really good backup, and then he never did that again. Yeah, good for him. Okay. Do you think he's there to retire? Do you think he retires there this year? Oh, I don't know how old he is. Uh, let's take a second. Uh. I'm okay. I'm gonna say he's thirty. He's thirty-one. He's thirty-one. He might play a few more years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he might. He'll retire in New Orleans, though. I think. Uh, Model here is going to be taking Tampa Bay to win. Tampa Bay to. Ooh. No. Uh, Tampa Bay to win. New Orleans to cover the five and a half point spread. And it will be taking the under 50 and a half points. I don't know why, but I feel like that Tampa Bay New Orleans Saints game should actually be the Sunday night football and not uh, Dallas, Minnesota. So Dallas taking on Minnesota in the U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, Dallas, two point away favorites. That that seems off to me, too, Pat. Do, Do you slam that two point spread for Dallas? I think so. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that it's that close. I mean, granted, Dallas didn't do super great against New England, but they smoked the Giants. They've smoked Philly. Like, I think, yeah, I think they're overvaluing the Vikings for sure. And that's interesting because Vikings, who they beat? They beat Carolina, Detroit, and Seattle. Whoopee. You know, that, that really doesn't say much. I just think... So I, Dallas's defense is not the best, but Diggs has been incredible, um, as you spoke to. And you, you made that amazing call out for him to get a pick six. Um, he's he's fantastic. And, you know, maybe that's all they need. Micah Parsons has been great as well. 
I think he's currently leading for defensive rookie of the year. But it's really Dallas's offensive firepower that is uh, keeping them in these games. And minus two, that's just too close for me. I, I will gladly take the Dallas money line and the spread here. Uh, 55 points, that, that should come into question. That, that seems high. Uh, but Pat, past three games, Dallas has put up 35, 44, 36. They are first in points per game with 34.2 points. Minnesota, their last three have put up 34, 19, 7. So a little all over the place there, averaging 24.5 a game. Uh, what, what way do you lean there? I think it's probably the over. I could really see this being a shootout. I could see, um, you know, both Dak and Kirk going over 300 yards. And I mean, I don't know if it's going to be CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. I don't know who it's going to be, but someone from Dallas is going to get a lot of points. And I think this is going to be how we describe the Tennessee game as well. Like Zeke and Dalvin should have very, very good games, but that doesn't mean that that's the only form of offense that's going to happen. I think the love is going to be spread all around in terms of fantasy. Who's the wide receiver one in this game, Lamb or Cooper? I, I'm going to pick Amari Cooper just because he started off hot and he's been kind of cold. I, I feel like seeing okay. Lambs, I feel like they, it's like the situation in Los Angeles. I think they're just going to keep switching. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Dak does enough work to make them kind of both relevant. You know, I I, I traded Cooper for Lamb, funny enough, but... Cooper, he wasn't bad. It was just like he didn't play for three quarters, and then he ends up with a touchdown to save his day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Lamb might be a bit more consistent in terms of targets and receptions. The model is going to be taking the Cowboys to win, Cowboys to cover, and it agrees with you, Pat. It, it thinks it will be the over 55 points. Uh yeah, I think it'll at least be a fun game to watch. I don't know how meaningful it's going to be. I think they kind of expected this game to be uh, a fight for maybe an NFC wildcard spot when they made the schedule, but uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> not not for this one. And then this Monday Night Football game, even more meaningless. Uh, we have the... New York Giants taking on Kansas City in Arrowhead. Kansas City are 10-point home favorites, minus 500 on the money line, plus 375 for the Giants. High over-under here of 52.5 points. Kansas City hasn't really lived up to that in their past three games. They put up three points, 31-20. In the Giants' last three, 25-11-20. So I think that over-under, I'll take the under here in a primetime game. That seems that seems very high for, for two teams that are underperforming. Yeah, I think what it's assuming is that Patrick Mahomes is going to go off. And, you know, the beginning of the year, the Giants offense was half alive. But, I mean, it's kind of died off ever since, you know, everybody decided to get hurt. So I, I think it's going to be the under. I think most of those points are going to be Kansas City. I can't. I think what's going to be misleading is that Kansas City is going to do well, and people are like, "Oh, good, Kansas City is back." But it, let's be real; they're playing the Giants. I, I, I think that what people are slowly starting to realize is that Patrick Mahomes is good, but Kansas City sucks. Uh, 
take a guess on Kansas City's odds to make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to say they're in the plus 200s right now. Uh, complete opposite. It's minus 200 at the moment. Oh, that's a, that's ridiculous. I don't know who, who makes that because we're looking at... I, in reality, like they're not performing the way that we expect. They're third in their division. And like they, they, it's not like they just lost. They got smoked by Tennessee. And, and they got smoked by Buffalo, too. Like two teams that yeah. they would see in the playoffs. Like their last two wins are Washington, Philly, and they're both garbage. So it's, it, it, this is an interesting one. So uh, the odds don't reflect the actual mathematical probability of the Chiefs making playoffs. So currently, the favored bet is for the Chiefs to make the playoffs. But mathematically, they only have a 25% chance of making the playoffs. So given, you know, the math there, that it's such a wild thing to say, but do they do? Do you think they miss playoffs? I think it's highly possible. Um, I, I would like to think that they would get themselves together and I'm pull up their schedule. See, I mean, after New York, they have Green Bay, Vegas and Dallas. I, those are all three games I'm concerned about. And then they have Vegas, Chargers, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a crazy one, because I think that obviously the easiest path for them to make it is to win the division. Uh, somehow Vegas is at the top of the division. I don't think they end there. But yeah, so I, let's say the Chargers win the division. They're then competing against Baltimore. Vegas, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh for a wild card position at this current moment. Uh, probably they'll beat out Pittsburgh. Probably they'll beat out Cleveland. I think Baltimore, and crazy enough, even Vegas might be more difficult because those divisional matchups are going to matter a lot more. So hopping over to the model, model has Kansas City to win. However, they're taking the Giants to cover plus ten. You think that, that's a lot of points? Do Do you think the Giants can do it? I mean, Kansas City's defense isn't great, but New York also doesn't have any weapons. I think it's possible, um, but if it was me, I wouldn't touch that. But I would, if I'm going to have to pick any, I would take Kansas City to cover. But it's 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 highly realistic. This is not a bet that I would say absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Yeah, these primetime games have been a little bit all over the place. The I think I'm just most confident in the under here if I'm going to take any bet in this game. But that'll that'll do it, Pat. Glad you're here for the machine learning model episode. We're going to be doing this uh, at, until further further notice. Uh, so, again, reminder, you can check out the model's bets on Action Network at SWTN underscore ML underscore model. Also, look at the bets at our website, sleepingwiththenumbers.com. All of our links for our Action Networks, mine, the podcast, Pat's, are in the description. You can follow us there. Follow us on Twitter at SWTN underscore podcast. Sleeping with the Numbers is the handle for Instagram and TikTok. 
And then, of course, on YouTube, we are just at Sleeping With The Numbers. I also want to remind you, if you're looking to do some prop bets, uh, we got a Thursday night football game coming up. You can do some easy prop betting with Monkey Knife Fight. Use our description link. In, well, <laughs> Use our link in the description to get your first deposit completely matched, 100% up to $100. So if you want to bet on Kyler Murray to pass over 260 yards easily in a fun game, go to Monkey Knife Fight, use our link, and you can get your money doubled. <laughs> yeah, if you want a free month of BarkBox, uh, click our link below. Um, it's a monthly subscription box where you can get treats and toys for your dog. And uh, you missed out on spooky treats. Uh, it was pretty exciting. We got a some type of marshmallow thing and a spooky ghost. So everything was super spooky. Um, everything's super fun and super tough. So if you're looking for treats and toys that you know you want your dog to enjoy and also not destroy in less than five minutes like you get from the name brand stores, I highly recommend checking out BarkBox. 